The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fine women right go. here that I've worked with many, many times in our research department will never now walk by again during yeah, a live podcast. We have them. They're going to take now the upward them. route now for now. I applaud the you. courage. That's I applaud fault. the courage, though. It's Yo, 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 what's up? Chris Sims, I'm Button. It's a Wednesday. It's March something, and I don't know the exact date, but it's the day the official day of free agency begins. It is March 15th. March 15th. Thank God for the phone. Ooh, the Ides of the, March, the, right? I, Isn't that the... The Ides of March? The what middle a, of March, right? Isn't that a famous thing? Oh, is that thing? what they call? I think the you're right. The Ides of March. Right. Beware the Ides of March. Oh, it, I, Ides. Ides. What does Ides mean? I don't know. See, that's where you... Uh, where I spent my yeah. time... Being dumber watching movies, you've read things like this that tell yeah. you, and I, yeah. I think it means the middle. The middle, right. Beware the middle of March for some reason. Right. But no, I know why for NFL teams. Yeah. You could overpay for some dudes. That's why. <laughs> you definitely can overpay for some dudes. You beware. Beware, teams. Don't overpay for some dudes, as Ahmed says in the Ides of March. Julius Caesar, right. dictator of Rome, yes. Pete has come through immediately, is stabbed to death. In the Roman Senate House by 60 conspirators, conspirators led by Marcus Junius Brutus. Oh, et tu, Brute? Whoa. Um, Look at you. You're so well-schooled and cultured. The day later became infamous as the Ides of March. So that's what it means. Okay. Conspirators. Wow. That's nice. Did good, that. Good 60 of them. Right. So beware the well, Ides of in March. The, in the Ides of March, be careful about walking <laughs> behind the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast scene here. Yeah. Uh, you never know what could happen. Could get On a live, bro- so, yes. live broadcast. Live yes. broadcast. HR problems all over the place. It's just right up our alley. It sounds perfect, actually. So if you're watching on YouTube, this is not live right now, and you already know that because you just clicked on a link. So, But I had a whole lot of fun doing the live broadcast. One of my favorite pods we've ever done. Yeah. You know, I, I might have messed up a few details here and there, but when you're doing it live and you have no idea what's going to come or you know what you're talking about, okay, blah, blah, blah. But still, it was fun. I think we unpacked some things you know, in real time. Time for the audience. Um, I think it's something we're we're looking to do maybe a little more often. I think so too. Yeah, I yeah, think when you I reveal so. some of your draft rankings, sure. I think it'd be cool. And and we had the the chat going at the time, and there were a few hundred people in the chat, and and it does help. It did help, kind of. It kind of steers you in the right direction. Maybe if you're not thinking of something. Our, our homies are smart. They can help us out as we go. No doubt about it. I, I'm, uh, I think it's a definite thing we got to do. And, hey, homies, let us know when you want us to do it, too. It'd take your input. You're always involved in this show. You do have 33%. 
Uh, or maybe less. I don't know. It's me, Pete, Ahmed, so maybe you're 25%. Yeah, okay? Since you're the right Bleacher Report there. days, they've lost a few percentage points, but that's okay. Yeah. It's more of a team effort. Right. I mean, maybe they want to have a live YouTube today, so we could just talk about Aaron Rodgers all the time. <laughs> it just will never end. Yeah. It's just live, live on YouTube. D- the decision, Rodgers and Lamar Jackson, until the end of time, until yeah. they sign. Uh, I mean, oh my gosh, here we go again. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through, we talked about a lot of the players that signed on Monday and it was cool because a lot of the signings and some of the big ones happened live on our pod which is why it was very fun but uh, today we're going to kind of look at teams and now like uh, the construction of certain teams and how have they fared in free agency so far so we're going to get to as many teams as we can here but we will start with some of the big news out there and we will start with the Jets and yes Aaron Rodgers will be talking to Pat McAfee and by the time you're listening to this you may already know what he said right and so we were talking to Pete before the pod and we were like maybe we could speculate what Aaron will say that's very dangerous it's hard to do I mean maybe even Aaron doesn't know what right. he's about to say freezing but, cold take <laughs> there's a chance out there that you already know what he said on that podcast um, but it does seem like it's going down the road of I mean if not the Jets who yeah nobody right? nobody it, right so it's, it's just a matter of or Jets it's just how do we get there at I, this point right and, and and we're at the point now where it's it's like if he's not a Jet I'd be more shocked than anything yeah. right I mean, one, you know, all the rumors that are circulating about, you know, all of a sudden now the Jets are in, you know, contract talks and reaching out to Mercedes Lewis and Randall Cobb, right? So all those signs are pointing towards that, let alone the biggest sign we got was yesterday and the fact that they signed Alan Lazard to a four-year, $44 million contract in a position where they're not all that desperate, you know, to uh, need an upgrade in talent there. Right, So I would think that that makes maybe Corey Davis expendable, whether he gets traded, released. I don't know what happens there. But, yeah, Rodgers is setting things up and getting him in the way that he's going to make this transition most comfortable for him. And, yeah, I don't know what it's holding up. Nobody knows what's holding it up. I mean, nobody. I think you know that I know enough big-time people in the NFL that – I haven't got an inkling from anybody as far as if they know it's going to drop on the Pat McAfee show today or what exactly the details are. You know, I've speculated maybe some contract things. You know, is there a way he can lower his number? You know, so the Jets aren't, you know, get bit in the ass later down the road. Florio doesn't think that's as big of an issue because of this, you know, option bonus he has involved in the contract that lowers his number significantly. You know, but also I think really the biggest thing is probably, you know, a little bit of the trade compensation, you know, figuring out, you know, what exactly the final details involved in that. And maybe the Jets also trying to figure out, wait, we got to, you know, now we got to put Corey Davis on the trade block. Let's see what we can do and trying to move some things around in their department a little bit to make sure they can bring in the guys Rodgers, you know, wants to make him feel comfortable. It, it seems like two teams that want it to work out. And so you don't really, right. you don't really, I mean, in the NFL, and you know better than me, you don't put your feet, you know, the other's feet to the coals if you want it to work out, right? It's not like the, the, the Packers are going to pr- try to play hardball with Aaron Rodgers. I, I, and I get wouldn't think so. A second round pick instead of a third round pick. I mean, maybe they are. I mean, maybe I, yeah, that is what's okay. holding it up. Well, Who then, knows? You know, but... Then I just don't want to hear about their complaints about, oh, man, this Rodgers is so hard <laughs> to can deal with. And, yeah. Oh, we wish we saw Jordan Love, right? And got a chance to evaluate. Well, then that's your fault. You're right. They shouldn't be holding their feet to the fire. You know, I had this conversation with Forey today about who has more power. You know, because of the option bonus, okay, it doesn't make Green Bay necessarily desperate to do this, 
right now at this moment, right, to where basically from now to the start of the season, if Rodgers says, yeah, I'm coming back, it gets his $60 million price tag gets like converted to a bonus to where now his number only counts for like $15 million against the cap. So they're, they have like no pressure as far as salary cap, but there's still pressure in, oh, wait, he could say forget it. The Jets could go, wait, we can't wait this long. Forget it. We're just going to move on to something else. And then you're stuck with Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. and they don't want that. So, yeah, they have a little power here. But I think what you're saying, what I'm saying, is that you know Rodgers still has more power in this. And you know Mark Murphy's Freudian slip. Somewhere there, Freudian, yeah, Freudian. That's yeah. it. Thank conspirators. You. Thank yeah. you, conspirators. Right. <laughs> his, his, or his exact like maybe it wasn't a Freudian slip, but it was just real. The, you know, uh, oh, can you envision him coming back? Oh, yeah. I mean, if things don't work out the way they want to, I mean, yeah. he might as well just said, no, we don't want him fucking back unless we're absolutely forced to have him back. So that took so it takes away their power too, and uh, yeah, I would think they want to move on from this conversation of being a distraction. I'd be shocked that if you're not listening to this right now, that he hasn't told us he's going to sign with the Jets on the McAfee show, you know, earlier today, and say hey, there's a few details. I haven't signed the contract yet, but I'm going to the Jets. I'd yeah. be shocked if that doesn't happen today. And if it doesn't happen, then I'm on the next pod. Freezing like, wow. cold take. Wow, we're shocked. Is wrong. Beware the Ides of March. We messed that one up. Uh, so let's assume yeah. for a second. Yeah. Let's assume Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. They're getting Alan Lazard. Maybe they get Randall Cobb. Uh, maybe they get Mercedes Lewis. Maybe they get Jordy Nelson. I mean, I don't know. Where's Jordy right now? Is he out there? <laughs> Clay Matthews. Uh, yeah, Clay Matthews. Uh, they got uh, the safety in, in Chuck Clark yep. to the Jets. Nice addition. Resigned Quincy Williams. Right. So got Greg Zerline, the leg back. Uh, they've lost Mike White. They've lost uh, Herbig, their guard. They've lost Braxton Berrios. Maybe they'll lose another wide receiver, bringing in all these other wide receivers. But... I mean, we've talked about it before. The Jets are a good team, good defense, close to a playoff team, very close. Right. And now with Aaron Rodgers, assuming it happens, and what with what else they've done and could do, uh, how have they done here, do you think? I, I, I think the Jets are sitting pretty. You know, Lazard's really good. So you add him with Rodgers, and you go, oh, damn, that's, that's – that's, you know, Corey Davis has got a little bit of that, like, Evan Ingram, New York thing. They paid him a lot of money. He's got a few drops and hasn't quite performed. They wanted to wear, like, just the, the pressures on him all the time. Mm-hmm. It might be better for him to get out of town and just go somewhere new, right? A little bit like that. Lazard's really damn good, too, as far as he's huge. He's a huge human being at, like, 6'5", you know. He can beat you one-on-one on the outside, and really he's a – Really good slot defender, let alone he's can block in the run game and do that. So I I love that addition, mm-hmm. you know. There everything else. Hey Chuck Clark, the defense they run, safety positions very important to them. They got two guys, you know, some guys there that fly around that are a little bit smaller in size to where they probably wanted to protect themselves and play some big dime and big nickel. You know, getting two and three safeties on the field is a very popular thing in the league right now. So that makes sense. I mean, it's hard to look at the Jets roster and really have any complaints. Yeah. Right? I mean, now um, uh, the Randall Cobb. I know people go, oh, Randall Cobb. Yeah, Randall Cobb is like, no way would he be on the Jets' radar if he's not Aaron Rodgers' friend. Doesn't mean he can't still come there and add some value to this team. It's the one thing I like about, like we talked about on Monday. Why, or I think we did. I don't know, but why does Rodgers want these people in in his, you know, in the building? Right. 
you you want him one hey for your own comfort two the most important thing like how Brady wanted Gronk or anybody else Antonio Brown who knew him a little bit whoever because you want them to be able to you know spew your message to their position group when they're in meetings right so now Alan Lazard can be when they're in there and they're talking to us you know Rogers on slant routes likes when we hit the third step to kind of give a little you know body language with your head before you break so he'll be able to convey the messages as far as what you know what rogers likes also been being a hype man in the locker room to get everybody to like you know, hey don't worry 12 you know when it comes time don't worry 12 will save us in the fourth quarter yeah. and that's that's what you need so that's why that happens here um um and and you know mercedes lewis tight end that's another conversation that's being had yeah they don't need a tight end they don't They'd probably have to make a move to clear the roster to sign Mercedes Lewis. But, again, it's the same thing, and it's not like he's a bad player. He's a good player. He's big. He's got some value in the pass game. He's better in the run game. Um, so, But that, that's the, my two cents to get the Jets and Rodgers and all that. I mean, maybe Aaron just doesn't want to show up for off-season workouts. That he, well, he, and he's then, like, if, if all my friends are there, I don't need to show up. I don't well, need to learn yeah, anyone right. new. Well, he better not do that because that, that will be, I promise you, the biggest recipe for a disaster and dysfunction here in New York is if he does that. All right, how about the other New York team? As we move to the section titled oh, here, Spenders geez, or man. Pretenders. Are these spenders or pretenders? Right. Or maybe they could be both here. Uh, we'll go to the Giants because they have made some moves. Uh, Bobby Okarike, the linebacker. Okariki. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> Defensive tackle, Rakeem Nunez. I used to call him too. <laughs> uh, but the big one, I was yeah. saving the big one for last year and the one that I can pronounce. Darren Waller. Whoa. In a shocker. Whoa. Of yesterday in a trade for a third rounder, which I guess that's what premium players go. Jalen Ramsey, third rounder. Dalen, Darren Waller, third rounder. Um, third rounder from the Raiders to the Giants. Just what was your reaction? We didn't get it live on the pod. Yeah. What was your reaction when you heard that? Like, like What? Oh, my gosh, the Giants got Darren Waller? I mean, phenomenal. And then, like, to go, oh, wait, third-round pick? You know, that was a little surprising, too. It wasn't after I started to kind of, like, unpack the details and think about it a little bit, understanding that. But, you know, one, hey, free agency spenders or pretenders, the Giants are spenders, and it's, it's smart spending. You know, like, look, look, they need a middle linebacker badly. Mm. Bobby Okereke is a really good – value signing like my tj edwards on there yeah from like where you know not a superstar but you go damn i'm glad he's our starting linebacker damn he's a hell of a player and then you don't have to pay him huge money right so i love that signing you know and of course then you know the ability to re-sign daniel jones and tag barkley and all that big time sterling shepherd they like Mm -hmm. him wandale robinson will be back right so they're they're sitting you know, in a good spot. I don't think they're done. But the Waller thing was like, yeah, I mean, like a, a birthday gift. Just never saw that coming, right? And I think within that offense, too, I think, again, what we saw from last year, I think Dayball, you know, first off, coming from New England, knows how to use tight ends. That's always been part of their fabric and DNA up there. We saw he liked Dawson Knox up in Buffalo, right? So that's a thing. I think with the offense we saw this year, right, run the ball, bootlegs, play action. You know, we, we talk about, like, you know, the Atlanta Falcons the other day when, when um, they got Kyle Pitts and they traded for Jonu Smith, right, from the Patriots. I think a little of that same mold we talked about. Hey, run the ball. Hey, we got big people in. 
oh, hey, it's two tight end set. Oh, it's a bootleg. Oh, it's a play action. Oh, wait, you got big? Oh, wait, we could split these guys out now and now be, you know, in the shotgun in the passing formation. I think that's how they want to play. You know, I think they showed that. And then Waller is a true mismatch, right? And when con- he plays. When, when he, he plays. plays. Well, I think that's the question. That's, right? Let's get into that part of it now, right? Because, like, you, you and I were both shocked, at least at face value. When I first saw it, I was like, wait, what, a third rounder? Wait, Darren Waller? Yeah, Darren Waller healthy is worth way more than a third rounder. Exactly. But here's where I started to put it together. You know, first off, knowing that group out there with the Raiders, mm-hmm. knowing how they operate in New England and their DNA, right? It's just there's, there's a few things that I think would probably play into their thinking here. One, you know, who has been the master of getting rid of people a year before it's too late? Or, yeah. you know what I mean, right? Belichick is famous for that. Unpopular cuts or releases. And then, you know, like a year and a half later, going, hey, see, 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 fuck you. I was right, yeah. right? So I think they're a little like that. They'd rather make the move a little earlier than too late and then get nothing. But then knowing that group up there, this was always a point of emphasis. On the wrong side of 30, right? He's 31, all right? He's missed a number of games the last two seasons. All right, so you add that. You know, onto the fact that, hey, there's a prevailing thought, and this isn't news to you, news to you, Ahmed. Usually over 30 injuries in multiple years usually leads to another year of injury or yeah. maybe more. You usually can't shake that bug. And New England plays those numbers and analytics, right? So this is New England, Las Vegas, and that's what they're doing. Here's the other part that I think plays into this too. Jacoby Myers. Hmm. Jacoby Myers. There was people on the people in the NFL that I know thought that because there wasn't a ton of big receivers out there in the market this year, right? That guys like Jacoby Myers and company might fetch fifteen, sixteen million dollars a year, which is they're not worth that. Mm. But because it's slim pickings, I think people thought that price tag was going to be there. Now again, knowing that group. And knowing that they like that player when they were in New England with them and all of that, I, I could imagine them going, wait, we can have him for $11 million and signed up for three years here and be in a great spot, okay? you know, And now I can have three receivers in Renfro, Jacoby Myers, and Devontae Adams who are like interchangeable. We know Adams is the best, but you know what I'm saying, where mm-hmm. you can't pin either any of them into one area, right? You know, you know, some teams, like we got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Boyd, and you know their roles. McDaniels likes a little bit more. You don't know their roles. You don't know what to expect. You can't pin this guy to, oh, he's only the slot and runs these routes, right? So that, I think his belief is that opens up the offense. So that, I think, has great value to him. And then, I think when you add on this last piece, Ahmed, it's, there's, Bunch, there's a, a lot of people, right? For, I haven't got to the tight ends yet, but there's three, four names being thrown out as far as tight ends being drafted in the top 25 picks. Yeah, They're sitting pretty in the first round, early second, whatever, to get one of these tight ends. You know, I've had a coach tell me that it's the best tight end class they've seen and that they can remember. So it's like the depth is good, the high-end talent's good. So that's all there. So then again, me going back to the New England thinking of what I do a little, like 
Again, that's where they play analytics, and they go, wait, Darren Waller, up there in age, 30-something years old. Oh, wait, and the Giants had interest and willing to trade. Oh, and he has an injury history, and we're a little scared there. Oh, wait, we get Jacoby Myers locked up three years. We know it. We're good. We get a tight end on a rookie deal four years. So now we have two players, right, with seven years ahead of them mm-hmm. as compared to, oh, Darren Waller. Oh, we got one more for sure, but I hope it's more than that. I, and knowing that group out there, I'm, I'm guessing that's their logic. All right, so let's compare the two teams. Sorry you about got, that long explanation, no, 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 but there no, was a lot of unpacking there in that That's what one. we do here. Uh, let's talk about the two teams. You got your G-men, and you got the Raiders, who you just talked about. Now, the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously. They yep. splashed live on the pod. Uh, Jacoby Myers comes over. They got Marcus Epps, too. They re-signed Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. Amir Abdullah is added to their backfield as well, yep. former Lion out right. there. So they've lost Waller. They've lost Derek Carr. They've lost Jarrett Stidham. Uh, I do want to ask you about Carr versus Garoppolo second, but uh, just the Giants and Raiders, who do you like what they've done more at this point? That's a good, good question there. Mm, I think if I had to do – I'm going to go with, with the Giants right now. Okay, I am. The fact that they got to you know, get Daniel Jones done, got the Saquon Barkley thing done, and then Darren Waller, that, that to me was three big-time moves. I don't – I'm, I don't dislike what the Raiders have done. I don't. I think they're doing smart. And again, like we talk about with the Raiders here, it's the long play. This is not about like, oh, we're trying to flip this around in a year and they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. They're trying to make it to where they're like next year, yeah. the year and then they're good for 10 years. Does That's jo- what they're trying to do. Does Josh know that everyone wanted to fire him in the fan base? or I, not, not necessarily the Raiders well. fan base, but it seemed like the NFL community. Yeah. At the end of last year? I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. But I think that's where you and I tried to speak logic into it a little bit. And yeah. I think he was confident in the fact that Mark Davis is smart enough. And with all those hires that he made, that like, okay, wait, this is not about right now, this moment. This is a true professional group with a detailed, you know, long-term plan. That's what you know you're getting from McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, right? Where with like Gruden, it might have just been like, Hey, it's Wednesday, and I want to do this, and tomorrow's Thursday, and I want to do that. Yeah. I changed it all around. I wanted to throw it 70 times yesterday. Now I want to be a smack. So you know, they can make you believe in their overall plan because of that, too. But, I, you know, hey, Jimmy G, oh, for them, they're going to like him better than Derek Carr. And for most, yes, Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. Okay. But I think that, you know, Jimmy G's ability to stand in the pocket, play tough, and then pull the trigger into tight windows. They love that. Now, Jimmy G can pull the trigger into, like, you window, that window's closed. That's not tight. That's closed. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw it. Yeah. There's two guys there. That There's no fucking window, right? But uh, I think he's more, of course, they drafted him. He's more of their DNA and what they like out of the quarterback. But is his talent level Derek Carr? No, it's not. But he's also making half as much. Well, yeah, definitely. So you can use that money elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, that's got to always yeah. be part of the equation because I think you're going to compare Derek, what he does in New Orleans with Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's there's more to it. Than the, that. There's more to it than that. The money is a thing, too. And they knew Derek Carr wasn't the long-term answer, right? They knew that. So you can't be mad at them for this yeah. move here right there. And, you I know, mean, we'll see. I'm interested to see if they maybe still draft a quarterback. Is there somebody that maybe floats around in the early second that they go, ooh, I like this guy. You know, he's got a future here, but. 
But, um, yeah, that was a huge move yesterday. And then, hey, for the Raiders, too, the Marcus Epps getting him at safety position, that's a nice signing as well. It is. Now, I would expect that's where it goes from the Raiders, you know, just that now it starts to become – some defensive guys to round out that side of the football because offensively they're in a pretty good position all in all other than maybe a, a lineman here or there. Yeah. All right, so those are some teams that have made some moves, but we, we got to get into the big spenders big. here. The big-time spenders, the Broncos and the Falcons have spent a lot of money early on here in free agency. And if you're wondering what happens every year to the teams that spend the most in the offseason, you hear this a it's lot. It's really go, cool. You, you don't want to you know win the offseason, right? It's about winning in the season, but – this graphic will show us here, and, and this kind of was illuminating to me, is that by being the top spending team in free agency, you actually can make a pretty big boost. And, and historically, we have seen the teams that have spent the most make a pretty big jump. So last year it was the Jaguars. They were 3-14, and 14, and then they improved to 9-8 and eight last year, and we saw they won in the playoffs, beat yeah. the Chargers, came right. back. Patriots the year before in 2021, they were 7-9. and nine. Boom, now they're 10-7. and seven. Um, so a lot of these teams the last few years, now you're watching on Peacock or YouTube, you can see it. One, two, three, four, five of the last seven years, the teams that have spent the most have made the playoffs, and they were not a playoff team the previous year. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And that one of those amazing. teams is the Dolphins, who were 10-6 and six and just missed out on the playoffs. That's true. You know, so, yeah, there, there's... There's real value to that. It's it's actually a shocking stat. I mean, a stat. When you I can, am surprised yeah. too because it seems like a lot. Of the The narrative is like, oh, exactly. you won the off season. Oh, yeah, Congratulations. Great. Oh yeah, great. You won. Yeah. You can turn a team over in one year. Yeah, you can. You definitely can. Uh, and you know, I forget highest. You know. They're they're the highest spending teams. Yeah, I'd love to even like maybe that's something we do for the next pod. We go into like, what about some of those teams that were like two and three in those years? Terrible. Like I gotta think yeah, like they get worse. Well, I gotta think like like Tampa Bay spent a ton of money the yeah. year they brought Brady. That's right. right. They might not have been the highest, but it was up there. And look what it did for them. Yeah, you know. So there's I, I would think some examples. And I think yes, we are officially in the era of like, you know, you can flip a team around. In a year or two, yep. you can. Now, is it going to be the best long-term solution? You know, you know, or is it going to be like the Rams, and all of a sudden you get to year six, and you're like, oh fuck! I mean, we flipped it around, but now we're fucked for a few years here. But right? worth it. But worth, worth it. worth it, right? And I do wonder too if yeah. it's that teams really know their window, right? Teams won't spend until they're like pretty sure. We're in that window. We got a good young core, and we just need a couple pieces. And if we do that, then we will be. A I think that's team. I think that's fair. I think you're right. You're right about that too. You're right, and I think we're seeing that a little, you know, with maybe some of the the teams we saw spend some big money here. But yeah, certainly on that list right there, I think there's some of that for sure. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines Dietz and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, let's talk about the Broncos. They've spent a ton of money. They've beefed up that offensive line like Chris Sims predicted. Bam. On this podcast, and multiple podcasts, too. I saw you were on a Broncos podcast. It was one of the things you said. I I, I mean, the Broncos, I became, like, at the Combine and the draft, you know, there's a lot of Broncos media there. And, of course, between Sean Payton and the Russell Wilson conversation, there was a lot of people that wanted my opinion. Yeah. And I kept getting, well, how does Sean Payton rebuild Russell Wilson? And I said, well, the first thing he's going to do is get the biggest group of people you've ever seen in front of him. And I just kept telling people that. And, uh, yeah, you know, hey, sunshine's on a dog's butt every now and then, and I got that <laughs> one right. But, yeah, they're it just – it all makes too much sense. It's all positive. And, yeah, they've definitely been one of the best teams here early on in free agency yeah. as far as what they needed and what makes sense for their new head coach. Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers on the offensive line. You got Zach Allen off the edge on the defensive side. Jarrett Stidham to back up Russell Wilson. Samaj P. Ryan, some depth there at running back was – Impressive last year with Cincinnati, maybe sometimes more impressive than Joe Mixon. Exactly. These all make sense for what Sean Payton is. You know, the big people like we talked about on Monday, that's where Russell's going to feel good. He wants to control the ball like we talked about. Bill Parcells, school of thinking. Powers is a big dude. McGlinchey is a big dude. You know, I think the 49ers wanted to keep McGlinchey, but, you know, when you're a team like the Broncos who had a good amount of money to spend, it's a new head coach. Yeah, they're going to overpay maybe a little bit for a guy like McGlinchey to get his culture and first year off to a good start. So does that. Then, like we said, that Zach Allen, I think that dropped on Monday too, right? We talked about that on Monday, I maybe? Think it after. It was we were after? Done. I think so, oh, What yeah. a great signing that is. I mean, one, poor man's T.J. Watt or J.J. Watt. That's really kind of what he is. I mean, I, I'm not trying to say he's J.J. Watt. You know what I'm saying, though. Is that type of yeah. role, you know? Can play 4-3 defense end, can play 4-3 defense tackle, can play 3-4 defense end and two-gap and do all that, so he's very versatile, let alone, who's the new defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos? Oh, that's right, his old defensive coordinator from the Arizona Cardinals, so he's got an inside look and know what he really is. Valuable backup in Jared Stidham. Now Russell Wilson's got a little bit of a hot poker up his ass, right? He can't just go, oh, it's Johnny No-Name behind me at quarterback. I could throw 74 interceptions today in practice, and nobody's going to care, and they'll never pull me. Now he's got a guy that, you know, pushes him a little bit, but is not threatening. And then Peyton can have a guy that goes, hey, I know this guy knows how to play quarterback. He'll be able to run my offense. And then you said it. Savage P. Ryan's hell of a player. And, a, and a, not only between the tackles runner, but – we know that he values the Alvin Kamara come out of the backfield, catch the ball roll, right? Yeah. And that's what Samaj P. Ryan's done for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's been their third down back. So, yeah, I, I really like the signings. Maybe not your superstar signings, but you just go, really good player, really good player, good player, good player, good player, really good player. And that, that's, that's uh, yeah, good good sign for the Broncos. And it still all hinges on whether Sean Payton can fix whatever was wrong last year with Russell Wilson. And maybe it was the protection and just him being comfortable back in the I pocket. I think it's part of it. I think it's 
part of it. You know, we had too many weeks here where I said, look, I mean, he's looking at the rush. We showed videos, right? I There's mean, open guys. That's what I mean. So this is part of the, the rebuilding of the monster is, hey, the don't monster. worry. I got you protected. This is why I got this big fucking guy right here. And he'll circle Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers. You just sit back there and yeah. look at the safeties. Tell me where they are. Who dropped here? Who dropped there? And that'll be all be... You know, part of this rebuild of his psyche. And he looks at Russ and goes, Russ, let's ride. Let's ride. He goes, you're speaking my language. <laughs> I like that. Uh, so the Broncos have spent a lot, but the Falcons have spent. I think the Falcons probably leading right now. I'd have to see uh, the, the tape on that one. But they've spent a lot of money on some premium players. <laughs> They got uh, Jesse Bates, the yep. safety, over from the Bengals. Jonu Smith in a trade with the Patriots. Uh, David uh, Onyemata, uh, defensive tackle, big guy up front. Taylor Heineke, my guy at quarterback to provide some shifty depth. And, uh-oh, we have a quarterback controversy once again. Um, so, and, and then Chris Lindstrom locked him up on the offensive line, locked up Caleb McGarry, so keeping some of their best guys. That's right. What do you think so far? Marcus Mariota no longer in the picture. He has been cut. Um, but, what, yeah, what do you think overall with the Falcons so far? I, I mean, like, again, for what they are and how they want to play, this makes total sense. I mean, when I think of Atlanta, like we talked about on Monday, it's it's big, it's physical, it's ball control, right? That's what they're going to do. We talked about the guard. He's awesome. He's the best guard in football. Lindstrom. Yep. Mc- Caleb McGarry's good, good tackle, you know, who's homegrown there. And, yeah, keep that going because we know they're a run-first football team. So that's great. We talked about Lorenzo Carter. Yeah, they're into big people. On the edge of the defense and all that, Lorenzo's a huge D-end outside linebacker type. So that makes sense totally as well, right? And then, man, I mean, their defense needs, I still think, another splash player here. But, you know, safety was certainly an issue. Jesse Bates, best safety on the market and can do a lot. I mean, both safety positions, nickel, whatever, he can kind of do it all. So that's amazing you got him. Onyemata's, again, again, a guy that can be a tentacle for the new D coordinator from New Orleans. Physical in the run game, going to be great there, but also can, you know, vouch for the new D coordinator in the building and, and you know, t- send his message to the rest of the locker room or the D lineman there. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And that's the same with Caden Ellis, who's a good middle linebacker they signed also from the Saints. So, yeah, I like it. Now it's to me it's like, you know, what, what is it? Where's are we going to get another receiver? What about the pass rushers? Maybe, again, I like the running back Algier, but if you're going to play that style, man, I'd, I'd maybe want to see somebody a little more talented there. So how are they going to play out the rest of this free agency? And then, of course, the draft is going to play a factor in, in filling out those spots too. So of these two teams who have spent a lot of money, you got the Broncos and you got the Falcons, who sitting here right now on the Ides of March yeah. do you think has a better is closer to the playoffs? you got the Broncos who – Maybe you like better, but aren't a tougher division. Oh, yeah, they're division. in a tougher division, exactly. And the Falcons, who mm. have done a lot in a weaker division. Yeah. I, I'm going with the Broncos. Yeah. One, because of Sean Payton. Division's scary as hell. AFC scary as hell. Is like, you're right. But more wild cards now. Yeah, yeah, right. And, you know, I their team is still damn good. And they got Russell Wilson, and I think he will bounce back. And Sean Payton is, is worth a few wins, for sure, at least. Falcons... Love it. South op- up for grabs. Man, Michael Thomas back to the Saints with New Orleans makes me think, well, they're, they're the, clearly the best team in the division right now. But 
I think I would still give the edge to the Broncos because I'm unsure of the quarterback position thing. You know, you brought up Taylor Heineke. Yep. I you know I don't know. Here, there's two schools of thought that we could go here. Is Taylor Heineke there? Because okay, it's Desmond Ritter's job, and he's there to be. If it doesn't work with Desmond or he gets hurt, we got you. Or is this all a ruse and it's just like they're going to draft another young quarterback and they got Tyler Heineke too? I think it's going to be they're going to go with Desmond Ritter. That seems to be the prevailing thought around the NFL. I have no inside knowledge from them overall, but uh, it, it seems to be what most teams think. The way you talk about that, yeah. I have the feeling like you would not make that decision if you were the GM. Now, you were not high on Desmond Ritter in the no. draft evaluation process. No. And I don't think we saw anything from him that, that blew us away. In his time in the yeah, NFL last right. year. Yeah, right. I like I, – he was my one of my favorite interviews. I love yes. the guy, right? And That's why it hurt you to watch the film. Sometimes. Well, it just – the throwing is not good enough. That, that's – and I – you know, again, it was better, but still not, not – like, I, this is where I want to – I want to make sure I'm clear with this because I do – there's potential for this kid, but I don't think it's to where I would go, hey, this year, right now, year two, you're our starter. Let's go, right? Like – Okay, maybe if you know, another year or two down the line and you're in this position, you start to go. But I just, yeah, that would worry me from what I saw in certain games. I just don't think it's good enough in that department. But again, too, you know, maybe they, they have a better view of it than I do. Maybe they feel like, hey, it's, it's really going an upward trajectory. We want to run the ball anyways. We're not looking to 45 passes a game and lasers all over the field. We want a guy that, yeah, can run himself a little bit, orchestrate the offense, bootlegs are good, and then take care of the football, and they might just be happy with that. And I wouldn't shock me either. And they've shown they can win that way. Yeah. Right? So if they add a few more players here to this team, you know, they can be a pain in the butt with the style of football. And it might play. be the perfect year, right? They're Maybe. close. They're getting exactly. better, but right. not necessarily a playoff team yet. Let's see right. what we got with Desmond Ritter. Right. And we can adjust if we if we have to. Now, the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback, number one overall, Frank Reich, over there now. Um, as we get into them and some of the moves they've made, but I do want to start with uh, Andy Dalton, almost yeah. a similar situation here. Right. And if you do look at some, I think it's PFF who looked yeah. at the season last year, and I think I've heard this a couple of times they've mentioned it. They evaluated Andy Dalton's season not too dissimilar from the year Derek Carr had last year with the, with the Raiders. Um, well, yeah, what do you think about Andy Dalton in, in Carolina with what they're trying to do? Perfect for that scenario. You know, Going to draft a quarterback at one. Now it's not like... The quarterback has to start week one. If he's not ready, okay, good. We got Andy, and we'll find out some point during the year where we can put you in there. Also, we got nobody else on the roster right now that we really trust, you know. And you know, even if there was a, a an injury to that first round quarterback, okay, we got Andy Dalton. He can come in. He's played a ton of football, and that works that way, right? So that that's where it makes sense. It's, it protects them from all facets. I know they have Matt Corral on the trade block. That's mm. been said. I doubt there's going to be anybody out there, but you're not going to trust him to be your backup like we talked about the other day. Not yet. He hasn't got a sniff of preseason football, yet, let alone the regular season. So uh, I think that was a, a really, really smart signing. I thought that really it might be him that goes to the 49ers with Sam Darnold. Right, mm. instead of Sam Darnold, they they took Sam Darnold. This made sense for the Carolina Panthers to get Andy Dalton. Yeah. So, what do you think overall here? So, Sam Darnold, yeah, out. But yeah. Uh, so is DJ Moore, more more impactful. That that is. Oof. You do have the number one pick now. That's right. You got Hayden Hurst. Yep. You got Von Bell at safety. You got a big dude up front on the defensive line and Shy Tuttle. Right. You re-signed your center and Bradley Bozeman. So overall for the Carolina Panthers, 
Yeah, it's solid. To me, it's it's just like Von Bell, like that's going to be big time on the defensive side of the ball. He's a really good player. He's an attitude setter for your defense. So EJ Evero is going to love Von Bell. Shy Tuttle, like we talked about, they're lacking some big people. You know, stopping the run for them has been a little bit of an issue the last two years. Mm-hmm. So that's I love that. You know, Hayden Hurst, athletic, aggressive, can block. You know, H back, tight end, can kind of do it all, right? So that's really good. It's just really good role players, not superstars. But again, this is a team that has a little more talent than I think people realize when you just you think, oh, Carolina. You know, we've talked about it. the defense has got some stuff there, right? Now, you know, oh, hold on. And then I know, I know we got, you know, the, the receiver issue. That stinks they lost DJ Moore. It does. Right? But, again, we're sitting in the era of, like, receivers. You can get good ones second, third round. I mean, fourth round. They're available yeah, right now. They're kind of growing even, on trees. Yeah, exactly. You can right. even trade away guys like A.J. Brown, and it's no big deal because you can just get one in the draft. <laughs> exactly Sometimes right. it right. does work out. Sometimes right. it doesn't. But, uh, yeah, I, you, but you think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be I mean, Terrace receiver. Marshall shows promise. Yeah. They got a Preston Williams there. Okay. LaVisca Chenault's there. Right, they have Shy Smith who contributed last year. Okay. Right, I'm pretty sure Rashad Higgins is still on the roster. I'm choking as I'm thinking that, but I think he is. And then they got Tommy Tremble at tight end now with Aiden Hurst. So yeah, they need another guy there, you know. But none of those, I don't look at it and go, oh wow, they're really really hurting at the wide receiver position. Yeah, um, this is all about that number one pick move. And getting the quarterback they want, and now they'll continue to fill out the roster around that. Breaking news. Pete and I are seeing this at the same time. Adam Schefter says the Eagles plan to release cornerback Darius Slay per sources. Team did not like the tweet he directed at Chris Sims. Um, (laughs) That last part's not true, Uh, but the first part was true. Uh, Darius Slay's days in Philadelphia seem to be over. Wow. Didn't think that was going to happen. I didn't. Slay is still really good football player. What a price tag, if I remember. You know, Pete, maybe you could look this up on the meantime, like $17, 18000000 million a year. I think maybe there was a little unhappiness there, right? He was, at some point, I think, kind of flirting with asking for a trade. They just gave Bradbury money yesterday. You know, I don't know what went on there other than that, you know, maybe that to me looks like it's a guy that got a little disgruntled and maybe wants, I don't know, more money out of the situation. I I don't really get it. I'm kind of surprised that that happened right there. Detroit Lions, he can come back home. He's coming home. Yeah, I I mean – the Eagles, I think this would be a good time to maybe get to the Eagles. Here. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm looking up. What I want to look up real quick is just I'm trying to look up his contract here just real quick as we get just to get a little bit of a, a base thought on that just to see if that could actually be the issue here. $26 million cap number this year, Pete says. All right, so that, that's a big number for a guy that's, you know, again, getting up there in his age and a good corner but not like the top corner in football, right? So, yeah, $26 million cap hit, $17 million uh, as far as, like, you know, what he was supposed to be paid this year. And this kind of ends, yeah, I, I think we're spot on here. 
You know, I think we're getting to the point here where because next year it's twelve million, right? So I think we're getting to a point here where they see, oh wait, this guy wanted wants a new contract. We got Bradbury, we signed him. It is coming to the end, right? They prob- they obviously couldn't trade him, probably because of again the years of, of his career and because of the number he's getting, and then also knowing he's going to ask for more contract or another contract. Mm-hmm. Thirty two years old, going into the eleventh year. Yeah, I, I think that that says it. But still shocking. I thought when they lost out on Javon Hargrave and didn't re-sign him, that that they would be comfortable in some of these situations and still be able to handle it. But maybe, again, with the trade, I mean, the draft picks they have and all that, maybe they're looking at it and going, hey, future, first, one of the you know, first, second round, we can get a good corner in this draft, and we feel like we can replace that and be okay and, you know, in a few years be just fine and dandy. So they've lost a lot. Holy cow. They, they had they a lot of free agents. Lot. We knew this was a yeah. possibility. I didn't think they were going to lose this many right away. I will say that right off the bat. They lost uh, Javon Hargrave, as you mentioned. Yeah. TJ Edwards gone because you're white, gone couple linebackers out the door. Marcus Epps, who also talked about, gone. Right. Darius Slay, gone. They did re-sign James Bradbury. Yeah. Jason Kelsey's coming back. Yeah. Boston Scott's coming back. Right. Brandon, Brandon Graham. Graham's coming back. Yep. They did get Rashad Penny. But are you concerned at all that the Eagles have gotten significantly weaker so far yeah. in the free agency? Yeah. It changes their team. You know, it's still really good. We know that. But, you know. Now we're looking at it and going, ooh, who are they going to fill in there? Ooh, that position group's not, you know, no longer in the top, you know, top of the league conversation there. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, where does that go? How much money is he asking for? I mean, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's an awesome player. You know, he must be asking for top-of-the-line safety money, and that must be holding him back. But, you know, again, he deserves to be paid, maybe not like the top three safeties in football, but there's some guys out there that are making $13, $14 million a year where I go, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's definitely better than those guys, and he needs to be on a football team. So I don't know. Obviously, he's asking for too much money. Maybe like an Orlando Brown has almost priced himself out of the market a little bit. We'll see where that goes. But that would go you know, a long way to making Eagles fans feel a little bit better if they could sign him back. Yeah. He's awesome versatility. You know, He's like... You know, like we were talking with Jesse Bates a little bit, but even more versatility to be in the Nichols position in the slot there. That's where he's awesome too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have a different look from this from this Eagles football team. You know me. My one wish for the Lions this offseason was to get C.J. Gardner Johnson. So that's still a possibility yeah. out there. It's still yeah. alive out there. We'll get to the Lions later on, but we'll we'll go to my uh, my biggest hated most hatedest team. The Chicago Bears next uh, because they've been very active in this in this postseason as well or this off season. Um, so here are the numbers and uh, the transactions for them. They got DJ Moore, so their wide receiver room is uh, improved. Their linebacker room on the defensive side is improved with TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edwins, uh, Demarcus Walker on the defensive line. You got Nate Davis on the offensive line. Uh, they've lost David Montgomery to my lines, who we'll get to here in a second, but. The Bears have beefed up. I mean, they might – just reading that, and it, it pains me you to scared. say this. You scared. That might be the most significant haul so far of any team. I, it is. It is. That is the most name-splashing group signing right there for me. Hmm. One, like we talked about, you know, with the T.J. Edwards signing on Monday that I was wrong about the contract numbers, right? The – it changes. It's an imperative, important position for that defense. So they got their 
Bobby Wagner and their KJ Wright from the Seattle scheme, right? It's, it's and again, as we talk about, when you talk about fast defenses, it's usually like, oh yeah, I mean all corners are fast. Yeah, it usually gets into like defense ends and linebackers that make a defense whoa whoa fast as compared to just fast. You know, so that I mean they got two awesome players there. DJ Moore, we know superstar. I mean not just good superstar. If he's on a really good offense with a really good quarterback the last few years, we're talking about D.J. Moore as one of the four or five best receivers in football. DeMarcus Walker. Wow. Like, everybody in football is looking for guys like DeMarcus Walker. He's Again, he fits that line, and this is a 4-3 defense rooted in that Seattle scheme where it's defense and defense tackle, just win the gap, do that. So he's awesome from that. Nate Davis, like one of the most athletic guards in football. I mean – Athletic, weirdly strong for his size, right? And the fact that, I mean, what's Nate Davis weigh? Like, do you want to look? I, Nate Davis is like, I think, the only guard in football that's like in the 280s, hmm. right? Somewhere in there. But yeah, to get him, uh, hey, Travis Homer's got some home run type speed. Uh, no pun intended there. But yeah, I like what they've done maybe more than anybody as far as just changing the team and. Like, also, like we always talk about, sizzle, splash players, you know, guys where you go, wait, these guys can make some big plays and some big moments to change the game around, and it was a tight football game, and now you won because Tremaine Edmonds tipped the ball with a pass down the middle, and it got tipped in the air, interception, or DJ Moore caught a bubble screen and ran 50 yards up the sideline, right? You know, I'm big into that. the, The league's too close now to just think, oh, we're going to out-execute everybody every play, every right. week, the whole year. How many games could we come in here on Monday and go, it really came down to these two or three plays. That was it. The game was dead even. It was yeah. two plays that it, changed it. It was a long snapper. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, it's just so, yeah. you know, that's where you know, these guys are those kind of guys. Oh, and Nate Davis is listed at 316, so I was a little off. 316. Maybe he's gained some weight since Maybe the last time you saw him. Uh, so you mentioned that on a good offense with a good quarterback, DJ Moore is a superstar. Right. I mean, there's still some debate whether he's in that situation now. Pete goes in a rundown. He says, is Justin oh. Fields the best passer that DJ Moore has ever played with? So who has he played with? Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield. Who else? P.J. Walker, maybe. Yeah. Um, Jake DeLome, has he been there that long? I mean, yeah. uh yeah, I got Nate Davis confused with the other guard on Tennessee that was lighter. That's where I got him confused with his, his weight. But either way, going okay. back to that subject. Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's One sorry. more thing. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. But um, what do you think? Justin Fields. Yeah. Best passer, that best quarterback that DJ Moore's played with? I mean, Baker's a better passer, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's played with some better passers at this moment. But nobody that's like, oh, wow, this crushes it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Baker's a better passer. Sam Donald's a better passer. Mm. Right? But none of them can change a game like this guy can. Yeah, he can open up more things. I, exactly right. And he's pretty good deep ball thrower, which DJ Moore's going to like that too. But, like, as we discussed, with the way they play and his skill set and all that too, DJ Moore's going to get some – some looks and some things now where he's going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. They're really going to run this coverage right now on this play, you know, because they're so worried that we're him running the ball and all that to where, yeah, I just love the combination, let alone I love the combination along with, you know, the other receivers there. But certainly the most dangerous and 
scary potential he's played with uh, yeah. at, at any point. I get that. All yeah. right. The Bears have improved themselves. Yes, but they have. last year, they were significantly worse than my Detroit Lions. They were so <laughs> far behind. So they had a lot of room to go. So that's the question. Have they caught my Detroit Lions, who have done a lot in free agency? I've been impressed so far. We knew they had to bolster their defense. Think they might do some of that in the draft. They got a couple first-round picks. Right. But they got Cam Sutton. From the Steelers, kind of an under the radar guy. That the more you read about him, and people are like, "Man, he made that defense tick." It w- He's w- yes, wasn't a great defense, but it wasn't because of him. No, no doubt about it. He's one of those guys that I think you know. Yeah, everybody would look at in football on the defensive side and go, "Damn, he's good." I wish he was on my team. Like one of those, not a superstar, right? But you'd go, "Shit, he could play slot corner." And play man-to-man for my team anytime, you know. He's not your number one, covers the number one receiver. But everybody else, you go, oh, I like him. And then he tackles and does all the other things as well, too. Cheap deal for Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, Six million dollar deal, I think, coming yeah. off an ACL injury. Right. San Francisco was playing pretty well yeah, before he got played, hurt. I mean, he's good. I mean, if he can be, if he's healthy and ready to go, that's, you know, that's, a, again, a smart value signing of the guy that, you know, adds depth. He is a starting caliber player, uh, and it's, it's, it's good by the Lions. Again, I think it's got to be still probably one more guy if at some point. not more, because yeah. they did kind of run it back with some guys, Alex An- uh, Anzalone, sure. Isaiah Bugs on yeah. the defensive line, John yeah. Kaminsky on the defensive I, I line. I like that. You do like that. I do. You like those moves. I mean, I like Bugs. We talked about Bugs at one point during the year, you know, a little bit with – he's just kind of immovable inside. He was one of the – he was one of those where you remember we talked about the Carolina Lions game and it was the Carolina ran for like 297 million yards oh, against yeah. you guys. I was yeah. going, it wasn't the D tackles fault. Yeah. Right. Remember they kind of exposed the linebackers and a few scheme things where I went D tackles. I've watched the last three games. They're not getting moved. It's, it's the other guys that are the issue. Mm. So I like bugs from that standpoint there, you know, Anzalone. Yeah. He's athletic. You know, he can do it all. He's the modern-day linebacker. He's very good in coverage, sideline to sideline. So I think these are all good signings right now, and I like David Montgomery. Yeah, what do you think about that? Late last night, Yeah, he's not necessarily that explosive guy that you just mentioned with DJ Moore can change a game with one play, right? but he seems to just do everything real, like above average. That's exactly it. And I think he's a great compliment to DeAndre Swift, who can be more the explosive and run for a 60-yard run. But Montgomery is like strength unbelievable shiftiness for the size he is, right? I mean, think about his ability to break ankles and kind of weave through tackles in between the tackles is very special. And break tackles. And break tackles. I mean, he has some lower half. I mean, his legs and ass are are worthy of a a Hall of Fame conversation. So, yeah, there's some there. He's an upgrade over Jamal Williams. That's for sure. And for, for my money. And that's no disrespect to Jamal Williams. I know he's done a lot of good things, right? Got a lot of yeah. hype off the 18 rushing touchdowns where I want to go, listen, a lot of guys could run the ball in from the one-yard line. Let's not you know, make him the best running back in football because yeah. of that. Uh, I think it's a really good compliment with DeAndre Swift. David Montgomery, 22 rushing touchdowns perhaps behind that uh, offensive line. So like what the Lions have done, the Vikings have had some turnover here. Mm-hmm. Some guys that you like coming in, but also they've lost some guys. So they've signed on the uh, defensive side here, Marcus Davenport on the line corner Byron Murphy so you yep. like that they yep. got uh, Josh Oliver at tight end here they re-signed Garrett Bradbury on their offensive line but they've lost some significant names as well Delvin Tomlinson on the defensive line Eric Kendricks longtime Viking linebacker 
And then in the secondary, Patrick Peterson and Cameron Dantzler. So some comings and goings overall. What do you think about Minnesota? Well, they got to retool. I give them credit. And uh, I, I kind of said this to Florio a little yesterday where good for them for not just standing pat and resting on laurels and going, oh, you know, we had a good year. And, yeah, our defense wasn't great, but we still won games and we, you know, pulled them out. Like yeah. realizing, like, wait, this isn't going to get it done. And they're probably watching film going, like, how the, how the fuck did we win all those games? Like, how did that happen? You know, Sims was right. So, yeah, good. Well, good for them for not, you know, staying the same, because if you're staying the same, you're getting worse. You know, Patrick Peterson. Yeah, it's it's but it's at the end. Right. So it's 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 not a huge loss for them, you know, and and you can get younger, you know, and save some money there. Eric Kendrick's still a good football player, you know, but again, I think it's a little bit of the coming to the end conversation there. Hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson, I would think you're going to miss him a little bit. That goes into a little bit the Cleveland conversation because Cleveland poached him, right? Let's, let's do it, yeah. Yeah, and, and all right, so I'll just hit on that real quick. I, you know, uh, Cleveland paid him a lot of money, but I think because they, they – I know they and the Eagles are also very hot on Javon Hargrave trying mm-hmm. to sign him. I think when they lost out on him, they went, oh, crap, we need some big people in the middle of our defense here. Jim Schwartz, he's from the Belichick Parcell School of Coaching. He had Albert Hainsworth those years, right? He wants somebody big in the middle to stop the run a little bit and do that. So now they, okay, probably overpaid a little bit for Dalvin Tomlinson, but they really needed the position. So I get it. I'm not mad at him for that. Um, you know, but but I, I think the other thing's on top of that, and I'll be interested to see, I mean, yeah, there's Daniil Hunter. You know, Zadarius Smith has kind of talked about wanting to trade. I don't know where that goes. Hmm. So they protect themselves by signing Marcus Davenport, right? Who's fits there. Brian Flores is the new D coordinator there. Let's not forget. So, you know, Davenport, yeah. This is a Matt, Matt Judon type of guy, right? That you see as a typical New England 3-4 outside linebacker. It makes sense there. Byron Murphy's a really damn good player. Yeah. And he's an upgrade over Patrick Peterson. He could play nickel or outside. He could do either one. He's really damn good. So that's probably what led them to, you know, releasing Peterson. And you know, I think it was a la- uh, I think Peterson only had one more year left on his deal anyways. And then they got tight end Josh Oliver, who has some physical talent, just hasn't really put it together yet. You know, but they're they're a team that knows how to use the the uh, tight end a little bit. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, we'll see. And I, I would think that you know the defense continues to be a little bit of a focal point here as we continue to free agency. Yeah, some of the names you like there, but how will they replace Delvin? Will they have to make a trade with uh, uh, Zadarius? We'll we'll find out on that. But you touched on the Browns a little bit, so let's just go there real yeah, quick. Right, they've added uh, two guys on their defensive line. You got Delvin Tomlinson and then Ogbania Okranku. Right, did I get that right? You did get it right. Well. They're they're like our number one thing we talked about with them last year, right? Was they're too small. Yeah. You know. Athletic. Athletic, but way too swayed the athletic size so where you go, wait, when the when the Chargers are running for a hundred yards on you, you know you got a problem with your run defense. Yeah. Right. So I would I you know, good for them for addressing that issue right off the bat. You know, because it is. It's it's just too speed oriented and like I just said with Jim Schwartz. You know, hey, speed's good, but uh, he's he's a believer in size as well, and he's at least getting that started there in Cleveland. I guess, you know, it's like they've had the team now for a couple of years, and especially last year, of course, Deshaun Watson didn't play the whole year. They've had the roster that they feel like can compete and is there and is ready to break through, and so you might not see a whole lot of turnover, but I think it's because they already think that they're 
outside of beefing up the run defense, maybe it's like they should be there. They, they they should be there. You know that they have themselves to blame a little bit here. You know, I think that's that's the big thing, right? I mean, yeah, they were in a good spot. They kind of okay. They had a little bit of a down year. Right, I'm trying to make sure I get this right. With Baker being injured that year after they had gone to the playoffs yeah. and probably should have beat the Chiefs in the divisional round, Baker plays through the injuries, doesn't work out that way. We go, okay, say hey, they're still set up for next year and Baker will be healthy, but then they fucking threw themselves their most dysfunctional. They were like, hey, we haven't been dysfunctional in a while, so let's get dysfunctional. Yeah, Let's get back to our roots. And... That threw a curveball last year. So, yeah, there's still a lot of pieces there, and that's good. Dalvin Tomlinson, I I can never say his name. Okoronkwo. Oh, I said it, and we, I think we got I know, it. Now we you should have tried. Yeah, Okoronkwo. Yeah, Okoronkwo. You know, now they got to, you know, again, like edge guy, linebacker, sure. DN, three, four out line, outside linebacker can do kind of that kind of stuff there too. So it, it's, uh, I think, a good start for them. So they did lose Chase Winovich, who went over to the Houston Texans, who have been very active in this offseason as well. New coach over there, new regime. You got Jimmy Ward over from the 49ers, so and no surprise that uh, the guy um, um, D'Amico Ryan is bringing awesome some signing. of his guys over there. I love there. Jimmy Ward. Love him. You do. I do. I mean, him with Jalen Petrie in the back end, wow. Yeah. Instincts. Ball Hawks, and then Jimmy Ward has an element of just one of the most unbelievable kamikaze tacklers in football. Mm. That's that's what I love about him. And then, like we've talked about a few times here, he's an ambassador for the new head coach in the locker room yeah. and what to expect. And you know, he can be that too. So he can help the culture start to get jump started for for uh, D'Amico Ryan. Trying to remake this team, they traded for Shaq Mason on the offensive line. Yeah, right. Uh, they got Case Keenum as their backup quarterback. They got some help in the wide receiver room with Robert Woods, Noah Brown, uh, Andrew Beck, tight end. So it's a, a lot of moves that you, I think you see a team that's a little bit far away still from, from competing, but just trying to make some uh, incremental improvements. Yeah, that's right? kind of what it is. It's, it's good moves. It certainly round out the roster. You know, you couple Brandon Cooks with Robert Woods and Noah Brown. That's, that's a pretty damn good three right there. That really is. Uh, I, I still sit here and, you know, I guess still want a difference maker or some splash players from the Houston Texans. I still think that's needed, you know, just as far as like, you know, I, I guess Brandon Cook still fills that role. I guess mm. I just worry that we're getting towards the end. There's a little injury history there. Yeah. You know, the running back is awesome. We know that. I guess I'm, what I'm saying is the defensive side of the ball more than anything. Just, again, there's there's a lot of good on their D-line, but, yeah, like, you know, I'm, I'm big into the, the player that can make the play, somebody that can give us the sizzle. And that's the part they're, they're still missing, and we all expect them to do quarterback at number two, right? And then I would think that defense is going to be a pretty big part of their uh, – resume here as as the offseason continues and into the draft. I mean, that's why you bring in a defensive-minded right. head coach. He's going to want to get it going in his direction, right? Yeah. Every head coach, for the most part, would love you. Hey, I coach the defense. Let's go all in on the defense so I look like I'm the man, right? And then we'll go from there. Uh, so I would think that, yes, that's going to be a little bit of a, uh, you know, 
a, a marquee thing for them to do. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Touch briefly on the Colts here. They signed Samson Ebucom. Yeah, Ebucom, right? Yeah, uh, like really freaking good player, edge edge right. player. Maybe not the sack artist that Yannick Ngakwe might have been, right? Okay. Who they're not going to have back. But Samson's a much better all-around football player. And you know, I, I was wondering, like, what a guy like him might get, you know, on the open market. I did because. This is another position, like we talked about a little with the receivers and Jacoby Myers, where yeah. there was limited options out there. And, you know, I think some of these guys that we thought, oh, they're only worth this, might get more money just because, you know, it, it, there's there's not a lot out there this year. So played for the 49ers last year, right? right? And right. he signed a three-year $27 million deal. Yeah, so $9 million a year. Okay, yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's some people out there that thought it might take $10, 12000000 million to get him signed. But that's a really good signing, and he's perfect for them. He is a good pass rusher, but he is also really damn good in the run game. He is a physical presence and been one of the more under-the-radar Really good players for the Rams and the 49ers over his career. He's not a superstar, but you just go, damn, I'm glad he's on our team. Yeah, he's not our highest paid D lineman or anything like that, but you got to have a guy like him you know, on your team, and he's awesome that way. And they traded away Stephon Gilmore, yeah. the defensive back, traded him to the Cowboys. As we go to our next section here, the contenders, better, worse, or the same. And let's just start with the Cowboys because there's a connection there. So they get Stephon Gilmore. Haven't done much. In fact, that might be the only thing they've done so far, right? It, it is. I think it is the only thing they've done so far. I guess they tagged Tony Pollard. Yeah, that's um, right. No brainer there. Oh, they signed Leighton Vander Esch, who of course is their own, but okay. they got had they got that done. All right. So, but they lost Noah Brown as we just mentioned. Connor right. McGovern is gone on the offensive line and reports today that it looks like it's trending in the direction of cutting Ezekiel Elliott, which yes. you brought up uh, like a like a day ago, under the radar, just kind of like under your breath, be like, "Hey, watch out for that." Yeah, and then well, here I, we go. I think the prophet, I, yeah, yeah, the prophet, yeah, the prophecy. I, I I think I even said it last week. I just it, it, you know, they can't franchise Tony Pollard and still pay Zeke Elliott that type of money, and then 
give Zeke Elliott too many carries just because of the money and not necessarily because he deserves it from the talent aspect, right? You know, I mean, again, we, we hit on this a lot last year, the last two years. We got mad respect for Ezekiel Elliott, but they, blew, they blow opportunities almost in every game I watch by going, they just give him the ball too many times, hmm. right? So it's come and gone. He's an awesome. He's a Cowboys legend, that's for sure. I wouldn't be shocked to see him back with the Cowboys still. Uh, it's, uh, I, I think there's a true respect here from both of them. Hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked if he came back on a one-year, $1 million, you know, $1.2 million deal or something like that, right? Sure. I, I could certainly see that happening. Okay, the rest of their moves, you know, the Gilmore move, yeah, was, I, had to be done. Had to be done. You know, yeah, you got Trayvon Diggs. We know that, right? Deron Bland, rookie last year, did a really good job. But your other two guys, Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis – who were big stars for you, or not big stars, but really good damn players, they're hurt. You know, one has Liz Frank, one has the Achilles. Anthony Brown, if I remember, is a free agent, right? Mm -hmm. He's a free agent that I look at that's going to go, oh, wait, I'm hurt and the market's not as good as I want it to be, and the Cowboys are going to go, oh, that's too bad. But we still like you, and we'll give you a pretty good payday. So that's just how it feels, but this protects them from that. You know, they also have the Calvin Joseph kid, remember, from Kentucky, who I believe he's going into year three. But I don't know if they knew that they had another guy other than Diggs and Bland that they could really depend on. They know they're okay with those, Deron Bland and Diggs, but you know, not only depth, but just another starter. And Gilmore's still good. He's not, you know, what he was when he won the NFL Demons MVP, but he's still damn good. He can still play some man-to-man coverage, and it's a defense that, it's a scheme is exactly where he just came from. He was in the Colts, Gus Bradley. Now it's Dan Quinn, the Cowboys. They both were in Seattle together. The Seattle scheme is rooted in that. So there'll be a lot of familiarity in that as well. Also, so Cowboys, not a whole lot to go on so far. But the 49ers have definitely had some comings and goings. And yeah. So they were a contender last year, probably a Super Bowl roster. Who knows? Maybe would have made the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy hadn't gotten hurt in that game against the Eagles. So they made the shock of our live pod on Monday with Javon Hargrave. Maybe, you know, some people probably consider the best defensive player in free agency. I think that's fair. Goes to the number one defense in the 49ers, so they got him. But they've also lost a lot so far. Uh, They re-signed Tayshawn Gibson in safety, but here's who they've lost. Defensively, they got uh, Ebucom, as we mentioned there. They've lost... um, They've lost uh, Aziz El Shayer. Yep, Aziz El Shayer. Hassan Ridgeway. Yep, Hassan Ridgeway. Jimmy Ward mentioned before right, at right, safety. Right. So they've taken a little bit of a hit here on the defensive side. And offensively, they've taken some hits too. Mike McGlinchey gone off that offensive line. Daniel Brunskill, who is a very versatile guy for them, yep. um, is gone too. So, I mean, your guy, Kyle Shanahan, if, if, if you're him, and sometimes I feel like you are him, and you, you, you're speaking for him, even though you're not. Um, if you're him, are you, you worried? He, probably, he, you, he, he doesn't better? think that. I can tell you that. He's, if I'm speaking for him, he's probably <laughs> like, damn, you're, you're fucking making my life uh, harder than it should be sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think? I, I mean, are they better, worse, about the same than they were two days ago? I'm going to say, I mean, about the same. I, you know, these aren't game-changing type moves. Uh, you know, okay, maybe they're a hair worse. But not to the point where I go, the rest of free agency in the draft, they can make up for this stuff right here, right? I mean, first off, Sam Darnold, great signing. I love that. 
and I talked about Andy Dalton a little bit with that before as well. I, I thought it would be that type of guy that they sign, yeah. right? Just in case Purdy's not ready to start the year. Now, hey, I got a guy that's experienced who can play, and we'll let him hold down the fort for two or three weeks. Then I mean, Purdy's yeah. ready to go, right? I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, if you could do this with Brock Purdy, I mean, why, why not? Why couldn't he do it with Sam Darnold? Exactly. Right. Sam Darnold's skill set is better than Brock Purdy's, that's yeah. for sure. Now, you know, what Purdy showed us is that Purdy can just play. He knows how to play the game and move the right way and the appropriate throw and when to scramble and do all that. And Sam Darnold has shown not to have that ability all the time yet. Yeah. Now, some of that might be the teams you're stuck on, and you just, hey, life's hard when you're on some tough, bad teams, right? But, yeah, I, that, that to me is probably where the difference is. But then you know, the main headline, like you said, Hargrave. I mean, Hargrave, Hargrave, Hargrave. I mean, are you kidding me? They got Javon fucking Hargrave? I'm sorry, Kristen. I'm, the F's words are going bad now. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen after censoring yourself. And yeah, it was very difficult. I got to make up for it on, on Monday. Monday. Yeah. Right, right. But you got, like, yeah, the best defensive player on the market. And a guy that's top five defensive tackle in football, period. And now you add him with your defensive line already? Oh, it's just – it's it's – it's amazing. It's it's the best D-line in the sport. It is. And it also, I think the other thing that plays into this is Javon Kinlaw. Yeah. You know, the guy they drafted a few years ago to South Carolina in the first round. He's been injured. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been able to play at a high level yet either. So now it's like, okay, wait, you, we don't, you don't have to play every down and start every time. And, yeah. you know, hey, maybe when we put Armstead out of DN, you get to play D-tackle or whatever. But they're not risking it all on Kinlaw's development and health either. And well, I think that's yeah. probably part of this. I think it, Exactly. I right. think that is. I think it speaks to the fact that he's, they probably know he's not going to be the guy that they hoped he was going to be. He's definitely not right now, for yeah. sure. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah, they're going, okay, you know, the Eagles are going to be good and these teams, and we might have to play Patrick Mahomes homes in the Super Bowl we better get some D linemen here so and then you know when it comes to offensive linemen yes some losses there certainly but damn Shanahan's a master with the O-line you know when they re-signed to Sean Gibson I thought oh that could be trouble for Jimmy Ward you know they got him of course Hufunga's there Ward wants to play more real safety it sounds like that's what he was saying so you know I'm not shocked by that they can't keep them all the 49ers though and overall like when I, because when we got done on Monday, I was like, wait, I got to look at the 49ers salary cap situation. How are they going to do all of this, right? Because they yeah. got to re sign Nick Bosa here. But when you really break them down into the years in the future, you start to look at it and go, huh, they're kind of set up. I mean, you know, Debo's accounted for, McCaffrey's accounted for. There's no big quarterback contract. I mean, that's a, a quarterback thing's a big deal. It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Kittle, you know, is coming to the end of his contract, okay. right? So they're in a spot like we talk about with the quarterback thing sometimes or teams that want to get a big deal done, they can't plan for the future because they don't know what to allot in the future to certain players. Yeah. You know, I don't think they're in that spot. You know, you start to break them down. You go, wait, you know what? They're actually not paying as many players as I thought they were. Yeah, Trent Williams is getting a lot, but who else on the offensive line is getting a lot? Right. Not that many, right? You know, oh, Fred Warner? Oh, oh, yeah, okay, he's getting paid good money. But still, again, it was signed two years ago, and and it's planning for the future to where they got that slotted. That's fine. You know, Dre Greenlaw? Dre Greenlaw's a second-team all-pro linebacker. They're, he's, he's the deal of the century right now for the 49ers with him. So I would think that their spending's not done here yet and that they'll uh, make a few more moves. And if you're up against the cap, all you got to do is just restructure it. 
restructured contract. Sure, sure. That's like the biggest cheat code out there. It, it I'm is. Just like, hey, this team's really up against it. Yeah. It's like, oh, they just restructured with like I half know. their That's team. That's why it's hard to ever, ever use as an excuse. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're like, well, it's going to be tough. Yeah. How many times I've said that over six years? It'll be tough with their salary cap situation. Yeah. And then they make four moves and you go, well, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, now they got $50 million and they can spend it. Okay, I guess yeah. it's not that tough. Oh, that's all you had to do. Yeah, oh, that right. was easy. Just restructure. Right. Like, I think they just restructured from the beginning, right? I just sign them to a restructured contract right off the bat, and it would be a whole lot easier. I, who knows what they'll still do? Maybe they'll beef up their offensive line with some deals out there, like a guy like you know Orlando Brown is still out there, and that is a guy that the Chiefs apparently are walking away from. Uh, so they do have the Chiefs. That's most significant for them, the Super Bowl-winning team. They've had some movement on their offensive line. So it looks like Orlando Brown is gone, Andrew Wiley gone, but they do get Juwan Taylor, signed him from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so offensive line was very good for them last year. What do you think it stands right now? Still going to be good. Still fine. Not Still a problem. Not a problem. Right. And, you know, a little bit like what you heard me say the other day with them, they are – you know, like the Steelers, when they pick a receiver, you go, oh, gosh, this guy's going to be good because the Steelers got an unbelievable eye for receivers. Kansas City's got a little bit of that with the offensive line. He's kind of a O-line whisperer, Andy mm-hmm. Reid. You know, there's a reason he looks like that, okay? He's got a little O-line in his blood, all right? <laughs> it's like, listen to that guy. He yeah. looks like us. Yeah, he likes to eat like them. He likes to look like them, okay, <laughs> a little bit. But, yeah, I think that's, you know, where that goes. And then with them i just never know like is is there somebody coming up the ranks that you know they go away hey we 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 think this guy's gonna be good yeah you know is there like a lucas niang who they took from tcu two years ago that's what i mean that's what i never know with them i'm still though back to your point shocked that orlando brown's out there you know i heard adam schefter say today yesterday or whatever that you know a lot of the league still views as the right tackle i don't don't know what tackle he plays he's really good I mean, he's obviously, like we talked about with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, priced himself to such a point that teams are like, well, you're really good, but you're not the best tackle in football. Yeah. So that's what it seems like. But, yes, not, not worried. That's one thing of them, like receiver and O-lineman, I'm never going to worry about with Kansas City. They, they, they got the eye. They know what to look for. So uh, it's, it's not incredibly troubling. It's just I'm amazed that Orlando Brown's out there right now. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm trying to see some of the uh, reports out there in Orlando. Yeah, they Browns. got, you know, guys like Darian Kennard, you know, who was a rookie last year from Kentucky. You know, those are guys where, again, I don't know. I didn't see their development last year. Um, but it, like I said, I'm, I'm not terribly worried for them. Uh, Chiefs don't have a whole lot of problems. Uh, the Bengals, they had problems protecting Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. They've had it for two years in a row. Yeah, they have. And so far in straight free agency, they have signed nobody. Right? They've re-signed Jermaine Pratt, and they've lost a lot. They've lost a couple safeties in Jesse Bates and Von Bell. Samaj P. Ryan, who was a big part of the offense when Joe Mixon was uh, injured. They lost Hayden Hurst. So much still to be written. I mean, it's officially beginning today, free agency. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the Bengals have some work to do. Yeah, work to do, but like nothing again. You're not freaking out. I'm not freaking out. I mean, we knew Jesse Bates was gone, right? We knew that. That's why they drafted Dax Hill last year. It's why we were during the draft process. Like, uh, you know who Dax Hill is? He's Jesse Bates. Oh, wait, they're drafting him? Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's literally what we did. So, you know, they got a Michael Thomas there, right? Who's a solid football player? You know, who's to say that they don't add something else here? I know they drafted the, the Tyson Anderson last year. So there's maybe something there as far as, you know, guys that we don't know or what their development looked like. But, no, I'm not overly concerned here. 
you know, again, Samaje Ryan, Yeah, that hurts. I don't know if there's a running back I look on there. Like, what's the, I don't know. What's going to happen with Joe Mixon? This all goes uh, yeah. into this conversation. I mean, that was one of the things where we're debating at the end of the year. It was like, who's more productive on this team now? P. Ryan or I know. Joe Mixon? I know. And, you know, Joe Mixon's making north of $10 million a year this year. Do they think that's worthy of where he's at in his career? I don't know. You know, but a running back, uh, again, it's – we're seeing too. You, you certainly can get some good ones in the middle rounds of the draft. Uh, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm just. I think the best thing that's happened to them is getting Jermaine Pratt signed up. Uh, that for sure. That to me is one of the under the radar. Him and Wilson at middle linebacker is one of the under the radar duos in the whole sport. Okay. They he they are phenomenal from every facet. Uh, so facet, I should say. Yeah. Um, but or, or facet. Or facet. I mean, right. that's going to be right. your thing, right? right? Why not? I, I think they're in. Let's just do our best to keep the band together mode, and make sure we can keep Burrow, Higgins, and Jamar Chase, and just make do off of that as much as they can right now. All right. So the Bengals, you know, who knows what they're going to still do here? The Bills have not done a lot either. Uh, in the AFC, they did sign Connor McGovern on the offensive line, a guard, re-signed Matt Milano, their linebacker. They've lost Tremaine Edmonds. So overall so far, Bills, you kind of sh- shrug your shoulders. Nothing Same special. Same thing as the Bengals. Yeah. You know, McGovern, good, you know. Get some guard help in there, sure. He's a, not, he's a good pass protector. You're not that high on Matt Milano, are you? I like Matt Milano. I thought he was a little overhyped last year. I actually really like Matt Milano. You but like the, the whole world went, went a little yeah. too okay. far last year, which is funny how that can work. Because like, you know, he'd be one of those guys like three years ago, I was telling people they were really good, and they were like, really, he's not that good. And then now it's like, oh, you can't tell me he's not the best linebacker in football. I'm like, no, I can't actually. I'm going to tell you right now he's not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, awesome football player. I yeah. mean, awesome. Let alone, you know, quarterback of the defense type of guy, too. Sucks they lost Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. But that was, you know, that's one there, though. That was an expensive price tag. I think that's another one where you can classify, like, new coach. They got a ton of money. I know it's not a new coach, but second-year coach. Yeah. And they were willing to spend the extra two, $3 million a year to make sure they got a guy that they needed an important position. Well, I think that's a good discussion, too, kind of like we talked about with Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr. It's like who's better is one part of the discussion. The other is, like, how much does it cost? I know. I mean, for what Matt Milano costs and for what Tremaine Edmonds costs, you like Tremaine Edmonds more as a player. Right. But for the cost, it's pretty you're going Milano. Yeah, you're going to go Milano there. You are. You are. At least for me, as much as I love – I mean, and I really love Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, he's a player. Yeah. And he's a specimen. No, but do I look at him and go, oh, he's one of the two or three best linebackers in the game? I don't. There's not enough splash plays out of Tremaine Edmonds for me to put him in that category, right? Uh, but there's still, none, nonetheless, really good, awesome in pass coverage, sideline to sideline, and, of course, his length and size is an issue when you're trying to throw around him in the middle of the field. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. One more team we're going to talk about, and I think it might be the all-star team. When, when we get to do our thing, which I like to do every year, where we rate each team the roster without the quarterback, we right. take the quarterback off, Right. it's going to be hard for the Dolphins not to be, I, I don't know, top top three, I mean, maybe? With, with the quarterback, without the quarterback, well, I either think they're way, top three. Ex- right? Exactly. Yeah. So the Dolphins, what they've done here is they've traded for Jalen Ramsey, much talked about. Uh, they got uh, the linebacker and David Long quarterback Mike White to back up the situation there with Tua. It's a great signing. Uh, they've re-signed their running backs and Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Right, saw that. Um, they did lose uh, Hunter Long in that trade uh, with the Rams, right. but um, the Dolphins... Gasecki's a free agent. I mean, there's nothing been done mm-hmm. there yet. Tight ends a, a plenty, though, it seems like. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, draft. So, I mean... We liked what the Dolphins were before free agency. You have to like them more now, right? But, I mean, no question. I mean, they're, they're just, you know, you said it. What's there, what's there to look at on their roster to go, this is an issue, or they need to upgrade this? I, I don't know if there's really one that exists. You know, I, even that, I know on Monday I brought up, like, the offensive line, or maybe that. I don't even know if I really believe that, other than the, I just think they need to play together and kind of develop a little. And it's not like it's like, oh, wow. They're so, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I hope I'm conveying that message the right way. I'm yeah. not so sure it won't be better next year, even if they don't make moves, just yeah. because of getting used to the system, getting coached a little bit better there. But that's like the only position I can look at to go, yeah, they need an upgrade there. I mean, everything else. David Long? I, David Long is a heat-seeking, heat-seeking missile at middle linebacker. I mean, he's going to be amazing for them. Uh, so uh, that that was a you know for me a big loss for the Tennessee Titans. Undersized, fast linebacker that is everywhere on the football field. We talked about Jalen Ramsey and what he does and the multiple positions he can play. Uh, so yeah, I mean you, you said it. I I would be shocked if we don't do our little exercise in early June. Top rosters in football and Dolphins aren't in both of our top fives. Uh, they're very good. They're very very good. Who knows? Maven be the pick to win the division. I don't know when it's well, all said that and done. division. What? I know it's I mean when you I mean what? I know, right. I mean the Dolphins are the most talented. You still got the Bills and Josh Allen, the uh, Jets. I mean all of us so the Jets might be the another team that's in the top 5 roster conversation here. Mm-hmm. And then you got the freaking Patriots that are that aren't going anywhere. I don't know how good they're going to be, but they're not going anywhere. They're going to be still in the playoff combo. So, yeah, this might be the best division of football. Division it's shaping out. Yeah, it could force the uh, the retirement of Bill Belichick. It's just like, geez, <laughs> yeah. what am I going to yeah, do seriously. in this division? Right. can be even halfway decent to still be the worst team in this division. Uh, who's the best team in the NFC North is what I want to know. Oh. Bet MGM parlay preview. So the NFC North odds this week. Uh, the odds have changed. So this is coming into the week right, and then uh, now as we sit here right now. And so my Detroit Lions were the favorite before this week, as they should be. I mean, I'm loving life right now. I don't know the last time I've ever – I don't know if I've ever said that. I don't know if the Lions have ever in my lifetime been the preseason favorite to win the division. That might actually be true. 
It could be. I mean, it would probably have to go back, back to the 90s, maybe. Maybe, but those teams but were I don't like even mid know late were. runs in the year. It was right. like, oh, what a surprise. The Lions are yeah, in it. Right. This is a great time to be alive for me. Uh, <laughs> they opened the week at plus 150, and now they're slightly more of a favorite. They're plus 135. The Vikings have stayed steady at plus 300. The Bears, have, their odds have gone up a little bit. They're plus 300 now as well. But the Packers have dropped as uh, it seems more and more apparent that Aaron Rodgers will be leaving Green Bay. They are plus 450 to win the division. They are currently picked to finish last, I guess. Um, what do you think of those odds? I mean, I, I think that, you know. Vikings for, I, won it last year, yeah. so that may be surprising to some. Your Lions are the team that I would certainly be the, the in the Chris Sims, you know, bet MGM parlay preview. I'd have them number one, too, mm-hmm. you know, with the best odds to win the division. You know, the Bears, the Vikings, they don't know what to expect there. I'm just going to say, if I was going to throw down extra money, I would still throw it down on the Packers just for the value betting it. Okay. Like, if you just made me a, you got to pick who's going to win, wham, bam, gun to your head, as we like to do on this, Jeez, right? Violent. I would go, okay, I'm going to pick the Lions. But if you're talking about, oh, you know, you can throw down $100 and really make some money or do something like that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Packers. One, I, the Packers' defense is still going to be good. It was disappointing last year. I get yeah. that, but it was still good, right? They got some good old linemen, the running backs. You know, I'm, I, I think Jordan Love's going to be fine. I wouldn't count them out. I wouldn't have them this far down the list, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm a little surprised to see that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Plus 450, it, it is the worst odds in this division. Yeah. But I think in some other divisions out there, you might see the second-place team at 450. Okay. okay. I think it kind so of they're, speaks they're to this being a little confused wide, of not what to expect A wide-open division. Yeah, yeah right? I think that's true. I mean, it is. That's no, no doubt is that true. The action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on the Packers to win the NFC North. Like I was saying, I think it's got a good value. If you win, you'll get $450, but if you lose, you still get $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. We end the pod today with uh, some players who uh, are still out there. Oh, I thought you were going to say, who's some players who are shitting on you on social media? (laughs) (laughs) We should do that. No, we should start with that to get the blood flowing right off the top, and then uh, the rest of the pod writes itself at that point. Um, All right, so uh, we have written here, Pete has written here, Chris, what are a few names that you're still watching to see where they end up? So names of players still out there. You got Baker Mayfield. You got Orlando Brown, maybe mm. the best offensive lineman right. in this free agency, still out there. Odell Beckham, the wide receiver, who I'm not talking about again until signs with the team. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who should sign with the Lions, uh, and, a, and a host of other players. Who is on your radar to who, who you want to see where they sign? Well, hey, Baker's certainly, you know, there's a quarterback, and you, know, you still look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and go, wait, who's going to be the starting quarterback for that football team? That that makes sense. Yeah. You know? Not and Kyle it, Trask. Yeah, right. And is there, yeah, I don't think that's going to be it. So yeah. I'm intrigued by that. Orlando Brown, because of the things we've discussed already. C.J. Gardner Johnson, no doubt about it. Because, I, I mean, again, I think he's one of the better safeties in the game. You know, Odell, I don't know. I don't, there's a part of me that doesn't think anything's going to happen with Odell here right away. It's going to be, like, talked about a lot. But I think with what he's asking and all of that, you know, I think he's more of like teams are going to kind of figure out their roster a little bit and then go, okay, we do need somebody else, you know, yeah. put out the 
the the bat co or the the bat emblem for Odell to bring him in, right? Do you think there's anything to that Aaron Rodgers and Odell? Well, him being I think on the there's list? a relationship there. I do. I think that they're they flirted with Odell a few years ago. He went to the Rams, right? I don't think I don't think the Packers had the money to to give Odell. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, and I, I would understand him, you know, wanting to go there. You know, I don't know if the Jets would necessarily want that, but it sounds like they're going to do whatever he wants to do right now. But I have a hard time thinking that happens. Yeah. Other names that are just interesting to me, right? Hey, tackle Isaiah Wynn being out there. We talked about him a little bit on Monday. You know, wasn't his best year last year, but he's he's been a starting tackle in football for a long time. Patriots. Patriots, yeah. exactly right. First round out of Georgia. Um, the, uh, what was the other one I was going to go with there? You know, Marcus Peters. Still a good football player at the corner position. You know, not an island superstar anymore, but still really damn good that way. I'm interested to see what happens with him. The other one that I'll bring up is DJ Chark. DJ Chark and Paris Campbell are two receivers out there that have, to me, superstar potential, right? You know, and I don't know what they're asking for right now, and I'm sure they're probably asking for a little much, and teams aren't comfortable with that, but they are the two guys that, like, if they go in the right situation, I go, uh-oh, watch out. I mean, Chark is 6'4", and he runs low four threes. And I've seen him in every year of his career just run by people like they're sitting still. So there's value to what he can do. Both of those guys end up in Kansas City. I, I mean, no it seems it. like one of them, right? It does <laughs> seem like one of them for sure. But yeah. those are the, the two guys that, yeah, I do look at to go – you know, they can be game changers. I understand there's, you know, been a little injury history with Paris Campbell and it's risky and all of that, but yeah. uh, I guess those would be the last ones I'll use to uh, kind of round out our list for now. What about Levante David? Yeah, you're right. Levante David. Buccaneers. I yeah. I mean, still awesome football player. I know I need to break it down a little bit more into He's older. Like, He's 33, right? So. It's 33. Again, I think it's this could be one that. Yeah, where's his price tag? Does he lower it a little bit? Or, you know, let's kind of let free agency play out. Maybe we get one OTA session and we get two or three practices, get to evaluate our team a little bit. Oh, yeah, we do mean a middle linebacker. Okay, we'll give Levante David, you know, a little bit something closer to what he was asking for in free agency and get it done that way. I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. All right, that's it. That is our it. free agency pods. I'm sure there's going to be much more to talk about on, uh, on Monday, but we have other pressing business to get to on Monday. Yes, quarterback rankings time. <laughs> there's going to be lots you of look at me, you're Well, like, I was thinking, what do you like, got in play? What is he talking about? I was like, wait, we, yeah, we might know about Rodgers Monday. I was kind of <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's, we got some news that might break over the week weekend Your here. Quarterback, quarterback draft rankings. Draft rankings, right. It's going to be a good one. I think Everybody knows who my one is. Yeah, we do. You know, we do. I will say. You know, it's some close races between some of these other spots here. And I'm I'm uh, certainly Pete heard some of my frustrations earlier today of nitpicking here to figure out how I want to rank these guys a little bit. You know what? Even more than the rankings, and the rankings are cool, and I think that's what makes you know people interested. Like, oh, how do you have this guy, this number, not that number? But what I like about these is that you've watched the tape and – what you see about these players that other people maybe are seeing differently. Well, you know, some of that is too. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like if you have them three or four, maybe it's not that big a deal. But you, you, you have eyes that look at things a little bit differently. Yeah, sure. And I think you're able to identify things that uh, maybe some other scouts, you know, aren't seeing or are not telling us until we, we listen to the pod. Here yeah. I'm, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And hopefully we can bring up some of those angles and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, I, I put in the work with this as I always do. 
I will say, though, I mean, my last two years, I'm not going to say like, you know, last year I'm not thrilled with my performance. The year before that, hey, I know I put Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. That was a little controversial. I mean, after year one, I would have gone, oh, I'm right. I mean, Zach Wilson's been better than Trevor Lawrence in year one. Now yeah, it's been year two, and I'm going, oh, shit, I'm wrong. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, you know, the one thing I made a mistake with last year, and I told Pete this towards the end of the regular season, I don't feel like when I watch the quarterbacks, I watched enough of the full games. I watched, like, let me watch all the third downs. Let me mm. watch red zone. Let me do all of that. And I think that made me get a little fixated with plays instead of going, let me see how this guy plays the game, right? Let me see his thought process in some of these situations on first down, second down, all of that. You know, I think that's where, you know, maybe I dropped the ball myself last year. You that's know? interesting. And I know I had, uh, you know, Corral and Pickett and then Malik Willis, you know, as the way it looks right now, I clearly should have had Pickett number one. Mm. Um, but we'll see where it all goes. That's interesting, though, because the, the, the way that you just described of evaluating quarterbacks is how some people see it. They, they think you should just look at you know third down and where other teams know that you have to pass. Yeah. You're not tricking them with it's not about play design. It's I, not about well, this. See, that's just, you you want to do that, but I think you got to do that after you do the other stuff. Mm. That's where I think I got a little like, oh, I got a lot of people to watch, so let me just start getting into what's he look like on third down, right? Oh, yeah, that was a great third down throw. Ooh, good third down throw good there but you know then you'd go you know later in the process you could watch the film and go oh wait but you know on second down he had three fucking people open they're in third and eight because he didn't throw this guy the ball on second down or you know they shouldn't have been in this situation because of what he did on first down or you know why the hell did he make that decision here up by this many points in this point of the game and he could have had a first down here but he tried to force a big play so those are things that give you you know, more of an inkling of the player. And I think that's where I dropped the ball last year if I was going to self-scout thyself, as you know I always do. Well, I'm still holding out hope on Matt Corral. I, you know, I know you maybe have moved down, but I'm, I'm still scared. holding out hope Like I said, I just scared. It scared me the way he I looked am. in preseason game yeah. and a half, okay? Faith. <laughs> All right, so we'll see. Um, no, right. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. I'm looking forward to the whole draft season. You've had your uh, nose in tape already, and so it's really – you know, outside of the season, which we all love, it's like draft season is really cool. Yeah, so it is I'm, cool. I'm glad I get to be here for No you. doubt. No doubt. Everybody tune in. You know we'll be here Monday. Enjoy your weekend. Keep getting at us on Twitter. Subscribe, rate, review to the podcast. Send your questions in. We'll try to hit them all. That's what we're doing. We're talking football this time of the year. Everybody be good. Ahmed Farid, you the man. Morgan, you the woman. Yep. Everybody in the back room, you're the man and the woman because there's multiple <laughs> of you back there. Peace out. Talk to you Monday. Clap it up. Clap it up. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.